Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to help you become more productive in our distracted world. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to sign up for the free seven-day productivity challenge at my website, Mr productivity.com. Mr. is all spelled out. Just give me two minutes a day for the next week and I will teach you strategies on how to become more productive. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Today on the show, Lee Cockerell. He is a retired executive vice president of the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, a position he held for 10 years. Before joining Disney in 1990, Lee held executive positions for eight years with Hilton Hotels and 17 years with Marriott International. On the show today, we're going to talk about leadership, management, and customer service. And the ideas that Lee is going to share with you are ideas you can apply to your business, no matter how large or small, and become better at what you do. Let's get right to the interview. Lee, welcome to the podcast. Hey there. Good to hear from you. Well, I am so super excited to have you on the show for two reasons. Okay. Number one, because you used to work at Walt Disney World. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. The second reason why is you have, we're going to talk about leadership, management, culture, customer service, and you have a little bit of experience, 35 years of experience. So I think you can shed some light on that for us. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of got it by now, I think. (laughs) So out of all the jobs you've worked at, you've worked at the Marriott, Hilton Hotels, Disney World, which you don't have to tell us if you don't want to, but what would you say is your favorite, your favorite job? Well, you know uh, what? Uh, After all those jobs, I ended up running a hotel for Marriott way back. And I think that turned out I'd been in corporate offices. I'd been in uh, food and beverage operations, but I became the general manager of a Marriott. That turned out to be the best job I ever had because I, my boss, I never saw, saw them very often. <laughs> and uh, I was able to run the hotel. I was able to take care of whatever the employees needed. And I was able to take care of whatever the guests needed. And it was a lot of satisfaction. I felt like I was in uh, total control of my destiny. <laughs> so what brought you from the hotels to Walt Disney World? Well, I'd worked for Hilton eight years, and then I went to Marriott for 17 years, and I got recruited by Disney in uh, 1990. They asked me if I could go to France, and they were taking me back to my food and beverage days. I had a lot of food and beverage experience, and so they wanted me to open the restaurants there and hire all the staff and and told my wife I'd been offered a job in Paris, and she said, yes, let's go. (laughs) So uh, it was partially I got recruited and partially my wife insisted. Wow. I have been fascinated by the new Disney Plus uh, streaming services out there. Thank you, Verizon, for giving us Verizon customers uh, free, uh, free access for a year. But they've got this program on there called the Imagineering Story. Have you heard about this, Lee? Oh, yeah, I have. It's incredible. I mean, I did not know the reason why they changed Euro Disney to Disneyland Paris is because Euro had to do with the concept of commerce and they didn't want to make it about commerce. So I just learned that the other day, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. And the the French just hated that name Euro. So uh, 
and about half the guests come from France. So uh, that was a pretty quick move. <laughs> so let's let's uh, talk. I, I love Disney World. My guests and my uh, listeners know. Let's talk a little bit about Disney World because you were an executive vice president. And one of the things that I, I know a little inside baseball about Disney World because my parents used to work there for 10 years in the stores over at Hollywood Studios. And everyone has to go through the university at Disney World, right? So tell us more about that. Yeah, well, it's a course. Uh, it's called uh, Traditions. And before you can start to work, uh, you have to go there for your uh, first day. It's about an eight-hour uh, workshop, seminar, uh, learning about Disney, the history of Disney, who Walt Disney was, uh, what we try to do, what our goals are for our every customer and every guest that comes to Disney World. And you learn all about uh, how it started. Uh, the main features and it's really a, a total orientation into the company you're about to go to work for, which I don't think too many companies do that. And, uh, and you're pretty fired up after you go through traditions. It's uh, when you understand the strength of the company, the expectations, how hard we work to make sure every guest has a great time. And so uh, by the time end of that day, most people are ready to go out and uh, create magic for our guests. <laughs> So does everyone who becomes an employee, regardless of what their title is, have to go through traditions? Every single person. I don't care if you're an executive, uh, the president. I don't care if you're a housekeeper cleaning rooms or washing dishes or sweeping the streets. Everybody goes through it. So even Bob Eichner and uh, Michael Eisner went through it? Well, I and I don't know if they went here in Walt Disney World, but they went through it somewhere. And in fact, the company has a program where they take uh, the top executives, about 10 or 15 of them, put them together for three days to go around and visit different businesses, uh, ABC, the movie division, uh, the parks, uh, uh, the retail, and uh, just to get somebody like me. I went through it and... Uh, all I knew was about theme parks. So by the end of it, I'd visited all the businesses Disney runs. Wow. And so it just, again, it's again, because one of the big strategies at Disney is to get each division to help, you know. So once we launch a movie like Frozen, for instance, you'll, you're going to see that in the retail stores. You're going to see that in the movies. You're going to see that uh, in the merchandise. Uh, uh, you're going to see it on television. And of course, and they have the ride at uh, at Epcot, the World Showcase. Over it used to be Norway. Well, this is still Norway. It used to be called yeah. um, Maelstrom. Now it's called the Frozen Ride. Yeah. Um, so they want the whole division, <laughs> the whole Walt Disney World, to understand how everything works because the products flow back and forth through every division. I have always liked Disney World since I was a kid, way before my parents started working there, and I went to Universal Studios once and. I didn't get the same feeling. I, it is something about Walt Disney World. You walk in there, you are truly going to a different world. Well, there's no question it's different. I I think the difference is, I mean, Universal has a lot of great rides and they do a good job. But the difference at Disney, I, I'll tell you, there's three things. We hire better, we train better, and I frankly, I think we treat our people better. And so I always say the real formula is hire them right, train them right, and treat them right, and uh, the guest will, uh, will will see that. 
One of the things I learned from, it may have been you in a previous conversation we had, or one of the other executives, ex-executives from Disney I had on the show, is that everyone is a cast member at Disney World. And if you're like walking through the park and you see a cup on the ground, even if you're an executive vice president, you're still expected to pick it up and put that in the garbage. Is that true? That's 100% true. In fact, I would be terrified to not bend over and pick it up. I'm sure I would be uh, run over by all the cast members coming after me. I mean, (laughs) it's kind of one of those things you just better do it. (laughs) Now, have you, do you still go to the parks occasionally? I do. You know, when you retire, I got a four, four, a lifetime pass for four. So it's easier to go that way. (laughs) Now, do you, if you see garbage, do you still pick it up even though you're not employed by them anymore? I do. I do feel an obligation to do that. And, you know, frankly, I pick it up when I'm not even at Disney. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's kind of a, you just do it. I don't know why. I guess it's my brain has uh, programmed that and uh, I can be in other places and pick it up. That that's really interesting. So let's talk a little bit about customer service. I mean, I'm 54 years young and I remember when there was no internet, when you had to go to the grocery store or to the local department store to buy your stuff. Now you can buy everything but human organs online, which is probably not too far away. What are some of the things that you see in our world today where people, whether they're a solo entrepreneur like me, a small business, or maybe a larger company where they are falling down in the job, with customer service, I mean, you already talked about hire right, train them right, and treat them right. What other things are you seeing that people are failing at in business? Well, I think too often uh, they don't have a person there to use judgment. Uh, you know, uh, you can have policies, regulations, rules, uh, SOPs, whatever you want to call them. But at the end of the day, everything can't be nailed down just with a policy. There are situations, you know, we still need that I think that person to see that look on your face or to see the disappointment and to make a decision that's different than just a strict policy. And so I think uh, technology is good when it works. Uh, you know, certainly the trying to call a company doesn't work. But on the other hand, Amazon has done a great job. Their system works, I must say. It's simple. Uh, they've taken complexity and simplified it. If you can't buy something on Amazon, there's something wrong with you because it's like one, two, three, and you're done. And and uh, it's just uh, so I think uh, that uh, reliability is a big deal, and I think that's why Amazon's done so well. And for the small entrepreneur, I still we still do things. I have dry cleaners, you know, and I've been seeing the guy for 25 years. If they start saying they I could uh, they'd pick it up and take it somewhere and send it back to me. I wouldn't go. I have a good relationship with that guy. Uh, and um, I think restaurants, uh, they've got to be careful about using too much technology. They hand you these uh, uh, menus that where you're supposed to punch in your own order. And yeah. Half the time they don't work. And, <laughs> and then a lot of the technology is not understood by the people trying to serve you. That's the other problem. And uh, it gets very frustrating. So I think uh, efficiency and, uh, you know, the same old story, make me feel special when I do business with you and I'll probably keep coming back. And so today, uh, as I told people, you can't raise your kids by texting them. You got to spend time with them. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you got to be there to solve problems that are not obvious. Uh, things can happen. And they do every day. Things that you you just never think are going to happen. They happen when you least expect them. And hopefully you have hired a good human there to sort it out. 
It's funny when you mentioned the technology. I remember not too long ago, my wife and I went to the Olive Garden and it had this exact same thing. You can order everything and pay over everything in that little kiosk. And I'm like, so I'm paying the waiter or waitress to bring the food out of the kitchen to me. I'm like, how much do I tip them less than that? Because I did most of the work. I did, I did everything but cook it. And I mean, I processed the order myself. I mean, it's like, where's the human interaction? And then you don't get a dedicated server anymore. Now you get like anybody goes walk by your table, fills your drink, fills your coffee. And it's like, you don't get to know, you know, the server back in the day used to be able to get to know Joe or Jane is my server. And you get to, you know, banter with them over the next hour. Now it seems like everyone in the restaurant is serving you, which is good, but then you don't get that relationship. Yeah, well, I'd say at Disney, that's not the case. You get your server, but the cruise lines even took it further. If you've been on one of those, uh, you get the same server for every meal, breakfast and dinner uh, for your whole trip. And they, you move to a new restaurant, the server moves with you because Disney understands clearly the relationship matters. And, uh, the waiter gets to know you, gets to know your family, gets to know your kids. Uh, you drink half a bottle of wine the next night, it'll be on your table. The half that was left over. Uh, there's so many uh, cool things you can do when somebody gets to know you and your family. When we went on the Disney cruise, I even got a Christmas card from the guy the next year. I've heard from him almost every year now. Wow. He was a, he was uh, from Russia. He was a fabulous guy. Uh, we had a ba- baby grandson then. We left the pacifier on the table the night before, and when we came for breakfast in the morning, it was right there. <laughs> I, oh, mean, wow. I mean, you know, the same old story. You get to know people. It's uh, hard not to really take good care of them. And uh, I think that was one of the brightest things Disney did was on that cruise line. Wow. You're going to have that same server the whole week. Well, I've not had the pleasure to take a Disney cruise. My wife is trying to get me on a cruise, but I always quote the old line from Casey Kasem. Remember the American Top 40 show he used to do? Yeah. Okay. He used to end the show saying, keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. So I always bring that to my wife and said, see, even Casey Kasem said you're not supposed to get on the cruise ship, but she's trying to <laughs> convince me. <laughs> well, I can tell you, I'd never been on a cruise till I went on a Disney cruise when they first started. I didn't think I liked cruises, but we went. And I must say, it was. I thought we did a great job in the parks with customer service. Let me tell you, Disney Cruise Line makes it look like nothing. Wow. I mean, it's amazing what they do there. And, uh, again, it's just uh, they're all over it. And I, I, you just, it's hard to have a bad experience on a Disney Cruise. Wow. Well, you mentioned policy not too long ago, and one of the things that really annoys me is when you ask a company that, okay, can you do this? And they'll say, it's not it's not policy. And one thing that really annoys me is when it's a solopreneur, I'm like, you own the company. What do you mean it's not against your policy? I'm like, that's pushing me away. And I think you're – because you talked about the human element, and I think we need to say, hey, listen, you know – that is our policy, but, you know, we can make an exception here. I think people are using that P word way too much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, especially if you're an entrepreneur, uh, your goal should be to sort it out for every customer. And uh, uh, I always say, people say, is the customer always right? And I say, no, but they're always the customer. And don't ever forget, they got a credit card. <laughs> so <laughs> if they got a credit card, I'm going to be really nice to them. And by the way, they're doing business with me and I'm not going to have a big to do over some little thing and lose their business for the next five years, 10 years. And uh, so I said, always remember the credit card is in their pocket and you want it. 
<laughs> I absolutely love that. So, okay, so we talked about a lot of companies getting away from the human element. They're relying on technology. What's another thing that someone listening to this uh, this conversation we're having that runs their own business that maybe they can learn something from you in order to take their business to the next level? What is something you may see in your everyday to day life that you see people are doing wrong or maybe they could do a little tweak for? Well, I can give you a couple of one is it, most play people are not totally clear. They're not clear with the people they hire about their expectations for performance. I mean, total clarity. Clarity is one of the most powerful things in the world and probably the word that really defines uh, communication. Be clear. I said, like my mother, my mother was real clear. <laughs> we, there was no misunderstanding. And she used to say that. Do you understand what I just said? And you got to be clear. And uh, that's why at Disney World, you know, everybody's not happy every day, but you're never going to see it because we're putting on a show just like any business is. Uh, the sh- curtain opens when you unlock the door in the morning. And hopefully we've hired the right actors. We've trained them well, uh, rehearsed them. Uh, and there's no place in the show for anybody to be rude or not to take 100% care of you. And that's a clarity of expectations. The more, if you write, if you got 10 things, 20 things, or 15 things in your business that are important, write them down, make sure you go over every one of them with the person you're hiring and make sure you enforce it. Uh, Bill Marriott told me years ago, the only way you get excellence, he said, Lee, is education slash training and enforcement. If you're going to have rules, regulations, and policies, you got to enforce them. And uh, that's if you don't enforce them, don't have them. You're sending the wrong message. And I would say that is really one there. And the second one is, are you really training your people as well as you should, as well as you could? Really? I mean, really. I mean, they need to know everything to give them self-confidence, self-esteem, make them believe in themselves, and that will be projected onto the customer. Because knowledge is powerful. You know, you go into a store, if somebody has good knowledge, they can sell you three more things than you thought you were going to buy when you walked in the door. Mm-hmm. And uh, I go to a little clothing store, go in to buy a tie and come out with three shirts, a belt, because <laughs> <laughs> the lady knows her stuff. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people you deal with today don't know what they're talking about. And a good person can sell you anything. A good waiter, a good person in a store, on the phone. Uh, if they know their product and can explain it to you. Yeah. Well, uh, I I get to go to Disney World as much as I want because my parents have lifetime passes like you do. But I make it a rule, don't walk in the stores because Disney does an incredible job. You walk in that store, you want to buy everything you see. And it's so – the merchandising is spot on. Everything is perfectly arrayed. They got everything and every price point, every color you want. And I could just feel my credit card just groaning in my pocket. So I, I try to stay away from them from the stores because Disney does it so well. <laughs> Well, now we got the magic band. All you got to do is let us have your arm. <laughs> you know, speaking of the magic band, the one thing, because I'm an I'm a Apple fan, okay? The one thing I do not understand why Disney hasn't come up with is an Apple Watch band. They have everything under the sun you can get. They got the, 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 uh, the bands, the magic bands, the, they have the t-shirts, the jackets, the, the pants everywhere, but they don't have an Apple Watch band. And I don't understand why I've written to Disney. Of course, they're not going to respond to me. It's just one thing I don't understand. It's everyone. So many people have the Apple Watch. It's the most, right. it's the best selling Apple, uh, watch in the world. And they don't have an official Disney World 
a watch because I would buy a watch band in a heartbeat. If they sold it, it doesn't matter what the price was. Well, a million dollars, not going to pay a million dollars, but I would buy it. I know lots of people would, but I don't know why Disney hasn't come up with an Apple Watch band. It confuses me. Well, I'm going to pass that on to them. I'm, I'm try to understand that too. I don't know if there's some issue with Apple or what. I don't know. Well, the thing is on the Apple Watch, they do have a Mickey and a Minnie and a Toy Story watch face. So I'm like, uh-huh. where's the right. watch band? <laughs> That's a good. That's a good point. I didn't know that, and I'll uh, I'll ask the question. Well, yeah. hey, hey, if they if they roll it out, make sure you give me credit, okay? <laughs> I will. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's let's get back. Now, you used to work in the hotel business. Now, you worked in Hilton and Marriott. Now, these are higher end hotels, and I can tell you, um, back in 2010, my wife and I, I want a trip to go to Paris, France, and we got to say one night. And well, we got to, we went to Normandy, France, but on our last night before we left, uh, I wanted to spend six hours in Paris. Not enough time. Uh, spoiler alert here to see all of Paris, but we did say at the Marriott, the Charles de Gaulle Marriott. And let me tell you something: if you walk into a Marriott, I mean, it is it is a class act place. There's nothing out of place. There's nobody rude. And there, they all spoke fluent English and French, which I thought was really nice i i think they didn't say hey you're in france you're going to speak french they specifically spoke both languages so i was impressed and they probably spoke a bunch of other languages too i i just came back from croatia where every person in the country speaks english and it makes it so comfortable when you go to a foreign country you know because i think a lot of americans are kind of dubious about traveling to foreign countries because of the language and uh, yeah, when they do that, and I think that's just, they did that on purpose. I guarantee you, they selected people who spoke the languages because that's going to make the guest feel more comfortable and uh, send the right message. So I'm glad you had that experience. I haven't been in the Marriott in Charles de Gaulle, so I'll check that out next time I go through there. Yeah, every once in a while, I just go to Google Maps and, and zoom in on it. Like, oh, I was there. It's it's like right next to the airport. Very nice yeah. establishment. And the thing I like about it is when you stay in nice hotels, Hilton, you know, Marriott, you know, all these other big expensive hotels, there is no chip paint. Just like when you go to Disney World for the most part, because I heard a long time ago that Walt Disney wanted everybody they know everyone's going to be the first time they go to disney world so every day they open the doors at disney world it's somebody's first day and they wanted to make it look brand new and i i get the experience i've never seen a mess at marriott i've never seen a mess at hilton because sometimes every day probably someone walks to the door for the very first time and you want to get that first good impression well first impressions is i guess everything you know and I think Mr. Hilton, Mr. Marriott, and Walt Disney all said the same thing. They said, don't get bored with the basics. Keep it clean and friendly. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that's a basic in life. And even Mr. Marriott went further. He said, put salt and pepper on your food. It'll taste better. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people unnecessarily make things complex. Like you were talking about the technology earlier, I think complexity has its place. But I think when you're talking about the guest experience, like you talk about the Disney Cruise, they make it so seamless. That's what you want your your customers to do is just come in and like just enjoy themselves and not be stressed on what do I have to do here? What do we go for here? You just make it seamless, and I think Disney does that very well. Yeah, you don't want to take a course in technology before you plan your vacation. So no, no, you don't. Yeah, it, that that's true. It's got to be seamless, and it's got to be simple, and it's got to be easy to execute for it, people of any age. Yeah. So 
because you worked at Disney World for 10 years, what is your favorite park of the four? Uh, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. As it stands today, I know they're going uh, to open up the new Star Wars thing in Hollywood Studios in a couple weeks. But as it stands yeah. of today, and we're releasing this on December 3rd, uh, 2019, what is your favorite park? Well, you know, it did change a little bit because my son was the vice president of three of those parks. <laughs> and, really? Uh, th- my son, Daniel, he was a VP. He was with Disney 25, 26 years before he left us. He's doing, he and I are working together and he's doing what I'm doing now. But uh, he was the VP of the studio, Epcot, and his last job was vice president of the Magic Kingdom for three years. And so... Then I had three little grandkids. It depended on how old they were. When they were little, we loved the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> and, uh, we had to go on Bus Lightyear, and we had to go buy princess dresses. And then when they got older, I think we really got over to the studio because they wanted to go on the Tower of Terror and those scary rides. <laughs> but I would say at the end of the day, if you just talk about me and my wife, my wife and I, we like Epcot. We like to go there around 3 or 4 in the afternoon, see things, go around, and then have dinner, watch the uh, fireworks. Uh, it's just we like the different countries. We like talking to the uh, people who work in those countries because they're all from those countries. They're yep. recruited from those countries. And, in fact, our daughter-in-law, who is French, she worked in the French Pavilion in 1987, uh, which ended up being uh, – uh, eight years before she married my son. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I would tell people, if you've never been to Disney World, you, you won't see it all in one vacation. I've gone maybe about 20 times. I, there's still stuff I haven't seen. But now uh, I find that, well, because I'm getting a little older, but my wife has short legs. I got these really long legs. So every one stride I take, my wife's got to take three. So I got to really slow down. <laughs> and I'm learning when you slow down at Disney World, you can see a lot more than if you rush instead of rushing, rushing, rust, rushing <laughs> from tracks and attraction. If you just sit there and listen to the music and because everything is by design. If you've never been to Walt Disney World, it everything, the sound, the 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 flowers, the smell, everything is designed. There's nothing that is uh, by accident at Disney World. Well, I told somebody that the other day we were talking about that very simple thing that every business ought to be looking at. I said, remember one thing. If you want excellence, everything matters. Yes. <laughs> everything from the, the landscaping to the uh, door being clean to the bathrooms being spotless. Everything matters. And that's in any part of your life if you want to be excellent. I don't care if you're the dry cleaners or you're the uh, Starbucks. Everything matters. And uh, – when you get that mindset, you can do that in your own business. You can start to say, hey, we can be better here. And uh, when you do that, and actually when you hire the right people and train them and set the expectation, they'll do it for you. They'll take care of it for you. Yeah. It goes back to what you were talking about earlier, leadership. I mean, you've got to set that bar and you say, this is our standard. And you hire people, like you said, it goes back to what you said, hire right, train them right, treat them right. And then in turn, they do the same for the customer and then your business explodes. But it all starts with who you hire, how you train them and how you treat them. Yeah. And I tell people now, anytime you're in doubt about what to do, if you're a leader, call your mom. She'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. 
Mom always knows. So Lee, mom knows. Yeah. Mom doesn't. Mom doesn't care if you're happy. She cares if you're successful. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. Mom is the rock, and uh, <laughs> I, I miss my mom. She uh, has got uh, late onset Alzheimer's, really bad, and I haven't seen oh, my mom. No. But uh, I've seen my mom, but not my real mom. I haven't seen her in two years. You know, I go, you know, go visit my parents, and they live in Lake Wales, which is about an hour south of Orlando, and uh, you know they're. My mom's not there anymore. I mean, she's 77, yeah. but she's like a five-year-old. And it's really I, difficult. It breaks my heart because I'm the only child. Um, but I have a lot of memories from my mom. We used to go to Walt Disney World and I have all these fun things as a kid. But my mom's not there anymore. So uh, that's one of my causes. I, I really hope they find a cure for Alzheimer's because Alzheimer's does not care who you are or whether you have money or not or what color your skin is. doesn't care. And um, oh, that, I'm with I'm with you on that where we have relatives who... I don't, not Alzheimer's so much, but just the decline of dementia where they really don't know who anybody is. And I'm so sorry to hear that. That's, uh, and you know, I just saw some pretty good research happening on ultrasound treatment. Yeah. Uh, so ho- let's hope they're going to break through this thing. Yeah. Well, the thing, that's one of the reasons why I run every day. People ask, why, why are you obsessed with running every day? Well, first it started out where, you know, we had Hurricane Harvey back in 2017. I read an article about, you know, this girl up in New York City runs at least one mile a day for 250 days and she wrote about how she felt and so i said well i could run one mile a day and so on august 29th 2017 i started doing it i'm up to 824 days now and wow then i found out from my mom's neurologist that if you you know get in the cardio zone every day then you keep the veins and arteries supple in your brain you may never get alzheimer's of course there's no guarantee but i'm taking better care of myself now at 54 and i did when i was 34 well, you're on the right track because let me tell you something. There's nothing more important. I don't care what you're doing. Nothing. than take care of yourself. My wife told me when I retired, she said, Lee, your new priority is take care of yourself so you can take care of us. Mm. And uh, that's a good point. Yes. Because <laughs> you know, it'll be the re- biggest regret you have if you don't take care of yourself when you could have. Yes. And once you, you know, once my grandmother had Alzheimer's and my mom had Alzheimer's, and when I look back after talking to my mom's uh, neurologist, they never exercised. They, they back then they didn't do it. If you weren't an athlete, you didn't go running or biking or swimming. You didn't do it. The athletes did it. Now they right. know everyone's supposed to, whether you walk or swim or whatever you do, you're supposed to exercise every day. Now we know that, but back then they didn't know that. Oh, yeah. My wife and I both have a trainer we see twice a week on strength training, agility, balance, and and uh, just uh, paying attention to that stuff because it slips up on you. Absolutely. Well, Lee, you have given us a lot to think about. I want to thank you for being on the show. Where can we find out more about you online? Well, I put everything in one place, so I know where it is, and it's all <laughs> on my website. It's all on my website, uh, leecockerel.com, and it, everything's there. There's some free free stuff there. My podcast is there, uh, some resources people can print out if they want to use them on time management. So everything's in one place, uh, leecockerel.com. And I'll put that link in the show notes. Lee, this has been an an absolute thrill having you on the show, sharing with your wisdom over the past 35 years. Like I told you, audience, they he knows what he's talking about. Uh, the question is, <laughs> what are you going to do about what, what Lee said? Are you just going to go, oh, that's really nice, or are you going to do something about what he said? So, Lee, thank you for your time today, for sharing with us. I really appreciate you having having you on the show. You are a rock star, my friend. Thank you so much. You take care. Have a good holiday.
And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, MrProductivity.com. Remember, Mr. is all spelled out. And full disclosure, when you go to MrProductivity.com, you're directed to my real website, MarkStuchowski.com. You're welcome. While you're there, you can sign up for the seven-day productivity challenge. Again, just give me two minutes a day for the next week, and I will teach you strategies on how to become more productive. You can also find out so much more about me. I've got courses, I've got coaching, and you can find out where I am on social media, everything and more that you want to know about me, Mark Stuchowski, Mr. Productivity, can be found at MrProductivity.com. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I do appreciate you more than you know. If you have not dropped me a message or if it's been a while, I'd love to hear from you. So there's two ways you can do that. You can go to mrproductivity.com and click on the contact tab, or you can send me a DM on one of the social media sites that I'm on. You can find those links again at the bottom of my page at mrproductivity.com. And don't forget to share this episode with someone. Subscribe if you haven't. And until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.